0: the show begins hello everyone this is Eric with the spirit of EQ welcome to the spirit of EQ podcast today's episode is revisiting emotional intelligence
1: life is a journey spirit of eq helps shape and guide the road ahead for individuals leaders teams and organizations striving to realize their full potential through emotional intelligence spirit of eq is a coaching and consulting company that assists individuals and businesses to reach their full potential by developing emotional intelligence In business, managers and leaders recognize the value of training to develop leadership skills. What they may not realize is that those skills are far more effective when they pay attention to not only performance, but also to people. Emotional intelligence is a crucial skill because people drive performance
0: and emotions drive people. Joining me as always is Jeff East with Spirit of EQ. Hey Jeff, how are you?
1: doing fine, and I hope all our listeners are too.
0: Great, great, Jeff. So revisit. You know, I, I've always found that to be a, a, a powerful tool, right? Um, you know, uh, yesterday, which in our area of the world uh, was Mother's Day. So happy Mother's Day late, because uh, I'm not sure when you're going to hear this episode, but happy Mother's Day. And my, my, my wife was reading some old letters that her mom had written from like when my wife was a teenager and it was a form of revisiting and it was really kind of cool Jeff because it kind of gave her a a glimpse into her mom's personality that she really hadn't been probably maybe that many years looking at. I mean, she didn't look at or, or, or hasn't taken the time to look at. So this idea of revisiting, tell us a little bit about um, where we're going to go today with this.
1: Well, we're not going to do a deep dive into into a lot of this because we, we don't want that today. Uh, this is a good, think it was a good time to revisit this for people that have been listening to us for a while. Then we have some people that are relatively new listeners that maybe don't understand or, or Know, aren't familiar with some of the things we talk about. So I thought it'd be a good time to just revisit the model that we use, which is from a company called Six Seconds, about what is the basics of our model of emotional intelligence. Uh, okay. The other thing to think, if if you want, most of these topics are going to be covered in previous podcasts. So if one of the things we talk about strikes a chord, go back through our library and you'll be able to find, a, a more than likely, a whole podcast about one of these things. Now, uh, you you weren't as polished back then, so bear with us.
0: (laughs) Yeah, well, I I think, Jeff, you're being far too harsh because uh, Jeff is is an all-star podcaster and he knows it, but he would never say that to you guys. Um, So one of the things that I want to also tell the audience is is that uh, if for some reason we didn't do a specific podcast episode on something we talk about today, you can always send us a note. Uh, it's just info at spirit of EQ.com, and Jeff or I will get back with you. We can provide you with some resources or just maybe answer a specific question. Um, and, and so, it might
1: be the topic of another podcast.
0: You never know. You never know. All right, Jeff, here's a good one. Um, and this is probably one that in our culture here in America, we've butchered this <laughs> defining what emotions are now. Before you go ahead and give us the scientific definition and how that plays into emotional intelligence, I need to set the table a little bit because many of us got our definition of emotions from like our parents, maybe a coach uh, from high school or or earlier, maybe movies, exactly. And some of the mischaracterizations are things like, uh, you should never get angry. That's not good. Or you know, we've heard this about men, right? Real men don't cry. So, which really kind of implies you shouldn't be sad, right? So, with all those mischaracterizations, set the record straight, could you?
1: Okay. Well, at the very basic level, emotions are chemicals. Uh, There's different parts of your brain, and I'm not going to get into all the different terms because I usually mispronounce them, but there's different parts of your brain. The amygdala is one that are there to protect you. So as an example, I always like to use you're you're out on a hike in Colorado and you're walking along and a bear jumps out at you. Mm -hmm. Okay. Your amygdala goes, Oh, there's a bear. What do I do? So it's going to start dumping adrenaline and all kinds of other chemicals into your bloodstream to get you ready to either, flight run from the bear to fight the bear to freeze you know the old play dead or flop which is to find somebody else to help you with this bear that's what it's designed for to get you ready for some kind of a big emergency something that's that's there but the Mm -hmm. problem with that is, is the best way to describe it that part of your brain is not very smart okay so it's going to react the same way if you're walking down the hallway at work and your boss jumps out of the you know, his office and says, I need to talk to you in a very stern voice. Right. Amygdala is going to go, it's going to equate your boss with a bear, which maybe that's true. I don't know, but right. it's going to do the same thing. So you're going to be ready to fight the boss, run from the boss, freeze up, <laughs> or find coworkers to help you. Mm-hmm. So it, it doesn't know the difference is the best way to describe it. But, The good thing with this is we can control our responses. If we can wait about six seconds. Yeah. If, if when your boss jumps out, if you can take a deep breath, count to 10, do something for six seconds before you respond, the thinking part of your brain takes back over. Those chemicals are starting to get reabsorbed, you know, into your body. So now, you can have an appropriate response to your boss, you know, because he might be angry at something that doesn't have anything to do with you, but, and you're the one that needs to help him solve it. You don't know what the situation is, but if you can wait that six seconds, uh, they're there. So basically, emotions are there giving us information about what's going on around us. And, And you mentioned, Eric, about, you know, like being angry is always bad. Emotions are neutral. Mm -hmm. they only become a good or bad or positive or negative when you decide to do something with them. Uh, Let's say that uh, somebody at work is, you know, constantly getting verbally abused by a coworker and it makes you angry. That's okay Mm -hmm. to be angry about that. Now what you do with that anger is whether it's good or bad. If you, decide in your anger to start yelling at that the abusive co-worker or hit them or something like that that's bad but that anger can also be turned to okay i need to to diffuse this situation maybe i need to have a talk with that abusive co-worker and let them know that they're hurting this person you know mm-hmm. something like that that's more reasonable and that's that using that emotion to make a decision which is what you just did you made yeah. a decision that i'm going to approach this in a a more civilized manner, I guess.
0: Yeah. So you're, uh, it's probably a good segue into the second one, which is EQ decision-making. How about you talk a little bit about that?
1: Yeah, it's, you use it to make decisions. Like like I said, with, you know, with the bear, you're going to have to make a life or death decision right then, you know. Mm-hmm. You know, do I have a weapon to fight the bear? So you're making a decision then. But, you know, like, the, like what I described with your boss, it helps you make a decision on OK, I'm going to calm down and I'm going to approach this with my mind open so that, you know, is he really mad at me? Can I do I need to explain something or is he mad at somebody else and I'm just collateral damage? But you can use it to make decisions uh, and you can use it to make all kinds of decisions uh, by listening to your feelings. If, uh, you know, you're going to buy a new house, let's say, and you know, you're looking at the, the numbers.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: You're looking at the neighborhood. You're looking at this. You know all the things that we would normally look at if we're going to buy a new house. And your emotion, the emotion you're feeling, is happy and, and glad, and and you're thinking, looking ahead, expectations uh, proceed. But if you have this little gnawing hesitation, hesitation can be an emotion. It's telling you you're missing something. Maybe there's something here that. You need to be aware of before you you know sign those papers to buy the house
0: it's almost like apprehension right yeah which,
1: apprehension
0: which potentially can lead to things like fear uh, if if it's if you stay in that loop if you will
1: yeah apprehension is just a mild form of fear and then yeah. you know terror is an extreme form of fear yeah. so they're right. they're on a continuum so you use that to make a decision okay I need to revisit this and then you revisit mm-hmm. this and you go Okay, now I see. Okay, I can live with that. I can move ahead or, whoa, I, it, it, that would be a major mistake. Right. You know, and um, you know, on, the, on the simplest decision-making, um, <laughs> you're driving down the road and you've got a stale green light and it starts to turn yellow. You have to make a decision now. Mm-hmm. You do that just, you know, do I try to make it through the, the traffic light? But then you go, well, I can get a ticket. I can get an accident. You, know, you, you use that to make decisions. You know, those things are going to, to be all involved in that.
0: Yeah, and I, I would also tell the audience um, that though we talk about, you know, the six seconds of, of pause or calming before um, mm-hmm. making a decision uh, or allowing that executive function of our brain to take over. In the case of a green, yellow, red light type thing, obviously you're not going to have that kind of time um, you may have to call upon an EQ competency, consequential thinking
1: right, to make
0: that decision very quickly. Mm-hmm. And that's, that's what those competencies can be there for. Mm-hmm. Um, and I know you're going to talk a little bit about that in a bit, but yeah. the next one, um, is, um, this acronym KCG, which I believe is no choose give, right?
1: Yes. Uh, one of, the, one of the key cor- cores of, of what we do with this model of emotional intelligence is um, you have competencies, which we're going to talk about, but they're divided into three areas. And know is understanding who you are mm-hmm. and you know what's going on with, inside of you. And then choose is once you know what's going on inside of you, the choose is what am I going to do? You know, what, what is the response going to be to this? And then the give, the last part of that G is how am I going to respond? You know, what, what is it that I'm actually going to do? And that helps you make those decisions. So it's just part of it. And when we do these, get into the companies, which maybe is a good time to do that now, yeah. uh, you know, we'll do it. I'm going to pull them up so that I don't miss anything.
0: So, as you look at that, uh, Jeff, um, these competencies are housed inside of the model that we use with our clients. Um, and they're competencies that are learnable. Uh, they're competencies that, if you put in the work, the practice, um, you'll grow in them and they'll become tools that you can use as you are growing in your emotional intelligence. So, yes, exactly.
1: Um, so, Let's just dive into it. So the, the no, yeah. the, the K of that model is enhance emotional literacy, which is basically learning to identify the emotions that you're feeling and then um, look around and see what's causing that emotion. If you feel mm-hmm. apprehensive, um, mm-hmm. you look at you know, what's going on. Um, like I said before, emotions are not necessarily good or bad. If you're, if you're feeling joyful, it's probably a good idea to look around and see what is making me joyful. So, Mm -hmm. you know, you want, you want to figure out what is going on around me. It's a great way to do it is use your emotions for that. Um, And, you know, from that, you can use that information to move ahead. So, yeah, enhancing your emotional literacy is just basically understanding what emotions are telling you, uh, being able to identify the emotions. And like most of these, uh, how well are you able to identify emotions in the people you're around? Can you tell if someone is, is whatever that emotion? So
0: I want to stress there uh, for the audience as well, Jeff, that um, the ability to pick up and get a sense of what other people are experiencing as it relates to their emotions, um, it goes in tandem with your growth in that regard. Exactly. So the, so the more that you know and the more literate you become, the better you're going to be able to, to, to get a sense of, of where they're at.
1: Okay. And the next one in this, know yourself, I think is, is is an interesting one. Um, Recognizing patterns. When I am Mm -hmm. confronted with this, what do I normally do? How do I normally react to this situation? Um, And then you look at your results. If I react, if I always react this way, do I get the results that I want for this situation?
0: Mm-hmm. Okay. So you
1: have to be able to look at it. Um, a way to look at this is your know, people that know you really well know what buttons to push to get you upset. So, you, you know, people can figure out if I push this button with Eric, mm-hmm. I'm going to get the result. I want not the result. that's best for him. Mm-hmm. So if you can start recognizing it, and then going back to what you said about, you know, knowing the emotions of other people, uh, you can use that for good or evil.
0: Yeah.
1: You can know what buttons to push to get somebody to react some way. But the other thing is understanding that you don't have to push that button. You you know, okay, you've got your manager and you know that employee A, if there's going to be a big project on Monday, they want to know about it on Friday so they can get themselves ready. So you push the button of, hey, you know, this is coming up on Monday. We're going to have to do this. But then employee B doesn't want to know that. They want to be able to not worry about work or think about work. So you push the button of not telling them because, you know, if you did tell them, mm-hmm. it's not going to be good. for And they're going to come in Monday morning just wadded up and not be able to do any work. Yeah. Yeah. So recognizing the patterns in other ones.
0: Well, so- and that's that's a, that's a great one, too, for our audience to, to really remember that, you know, all of these things um, typically can sit on the axis and they can go for good or for evil, <laughs> bad or for good. But you always you're going to get the best results when you're thinking about others from the perspective of their good. And I know you know that, Jeff, and that's mm-hmm. that's the premise of all the work we do. Um, however, um, there's good to recognize it can go both ways. All so right. let, let's move into the, the choose, um, uh,
1: Okay. Uh, applying consequential thinking, which mm. is basically, if this happens, if I do this, this is going to happen. It, it's pretty, um, cut and dried, you know, understanding to take the time to think it through to, mm. you know, know the results that, might happen because you, you know nothing's ever 100 percent but to understand like we talked about the the traffic light thing what are the consequences of me not stopping for that yellow light mm-hmm. okay so that's a, that's applying consequential thinking so you know that one's pretty easy um, the next one is uh, navigating emotions so when, when i am feeling emotions am i able to get through that emotion in a positive way? Can I um, figure out how to get through it? You know, it's like navigate, you know, just like your GPS navigates you someplace. But once again, mm-hmm. one of these other competencies important, your GPS can't take you someplace unless it knows where it is to begin with, which is yeah. emotional literacy. So, you know, just navigate emotions. And once again, this is one that Uh, is important to think about with other people. How can you navigate someone's else emotions? You know, someone is very angry. What can I do to help that situation, help them get through whatever it is? Uh, Engage intrinsic motivation, I think, is very important uh, because what is causing you to do what you do? Uh, Are you buying a new car because you've looked at everything? And yes, I'm in the position. My old car is falling apart. I've got a lot of driving to do, whatever. I need to buy a new car. That's intrinsic motivation. You're, you're doing it because you've, you've thought the process through. I need to buy a new car. Mm-hmm. Extrinsic motivation is all the commercials on television.
0: Right. <laughs> yeah. The constant barrage of media. Yes.
1: Things. Or your neighbor got a new car right now I got to get a new car because they got a new car so it's it's intrinsic what is is what's making you make decisions what's making you do things coming from your values not what everybody else is telling you so yeah. we have to look at that and then, then exercising optimism uh, that doesn't mean cheerleading uh, it, it needs to be honest optimism when yes you can see what can happen you can see that uh, good things are going to come from this, um, you know, but being realistic about it, understanding that uh, if you're, let's say you're in the office and it's, it's going to be a tough situation, you're the leader. If you just come in and start cheerleading, you've lost them.
0: Mm-hmm. You know,
1: It's like cheerleading when you're behind you know, 28 points with two minutes to go in a football game. That's not going to change a thing. <laughs> You're actually yeah, kind of silly, and, and,
0: and nobody's going to buy that that uh, that speech.
1: But, it, but if you come into the office and say, "Hey, group, we have this very difficult project coming up. Is there, there's going to be some overtime. There's going to be some heartache. But I know we have the group that can do it. You know, I know that if we work together, that's being optimistic in a positive way. But you need to make sure that it's honest. You know, yeah." you know, the old, don't blow smoke, you know, just don't do that. (laughs) So those are the ones in in choose yourself. And I think the most important ones are in the give yourself. It's, Mm. it's what makes the difference. And the first one is increase empathy. Mm. Um, you know, empathy is putting yourself in the other's place, which is different. I think than sympathy, which is basically feeling sorry. Um, Mm. you know, you're actually, um, doing some emotional risk there because you're putting them yourself with that person. Um, if, somebody wants to, if, if you want to dig a little bit deeper into empathy, just go on YouTube and look up B'nai Brown and her video on empathy. It's mm-hmm. still, I think, one of the best things I've ever seen for describing empathy. It's a little, it's a little cartoon illustration from a talk of hers. And then, then our last competency is pursue your noble goal. Mm -hmm. And for some of you, that might be a concept that you haven't heard of before. Your noble goal is what is what makes you who you are, what gets you up in the morning. And it's it's interesting because with our definition, it's not a goal you can achieve. You know, if your goal is to become the president of the company or make 10 million dollars or this, that or the other thing, that's not a noble goal because you know, you can possibly do that, but a noble goal is something that you're always working on. Um, it's what you want people to say about you at your retirement or your funeral, you know, the things that people are going to remember, they're not going to remember you made a million dollars. They're going to remember, you know, when, when I was going through the worst part of my life, this person was there for me with no agenda. So that's, um, you know, what that is. Uh, and I, I think the last thing I want, would really like to talk about is these competencies are learnable.
0: Mm-hmm. There's
1: something that you can work on if you if you want to work on, let's say you're pursuing your noble goal. There's some simple steps you can do. One, identify it as an example with this one. Just what is my noble goal? What do yeah. I want people to say about me? How am I going to achieve that? Uh, if you want to work on your emotional literacy, uh, maybe at noon, lunchtime, write down the emotions you can remember. You're, you're building that; they're all learnable. Uh, so that if there's something you want to work on, you can improve it.
0: And- well, Jeff, I, I think your your points um, within that are, are so well placed because uh, the reality. At least in in, in my estimation, I mean, uh, you know, the business world, the work world, the career world, whatever you want to describe it, has become, not has become, it's been dominant in our culture for a a really, really long time. And, you know, I I use the analogy of that, you know, if you ask someone, hey, you need to uh, give up your vacation so you can finish this project, they'll, probably raise their hand and say, okay, absolutely, I'm in, I'm, I'm committed. Hey, I want you to give up your vacation. Instead of going to vacation, I want you to spend a week just reflecting on your life and what it is you really, really want. Mm-hmm. Uh, people can, can re- recoil a bit on that idea. <laughs> yes, you know. And though I'm not advocating that everybody has to be a monk somewhere, it just seems ironic that the thing that's really quite frankly the most important thing to work on is the thing that we work on the least now I have great confidence in our audience Jeff that there are people that really do want to work on it but I'll just stress again the learnable part comes from putting in the work and practicing
1: yeah we, we cannot say that em- uh, enough and it's and it's constant yes you, you have to keep working on it all the time or you you know just like a, an athlete if he doesn't practice his craft a musician. There, this is our first mention of yeah,
0: musicians Yeah, I was going to say, we, we were due.
1: You know, you could, you know, um, one of the ones we've talked about before, Neil Parrott, the uh, drummer from the group Rush, if he quit practicing, guess what? He would have not been as great a drummer as he was.
0: So yeah, exactly, it, it's practice, exactly. practice,
1: practice. That's just, you know, that's life.
0: Yeah. So, so uh, Jeff, you've really done a great job of outlining um, you know, the the, the ideas uh, around emotional intelligence, the competencies and um, the life pursuits. Um, so you've hit on a lot of the value of emotional intelligence. Mm-hmm. Anything else on that realm as far as the value of EQ?
1: No, I, I think it's just the idea that uh, when you become aware of the concept, you're going to start learning. And what will happen is as you practice it, you'll find those decisions start coming together for you. Uh, your decision of maybe changing a pattern will help change your noble goal. And they all work together. So the value mm-hmm. of EQ is is uh,
0: just making a you a you a better you, I guess. I know, that's, kind oh, of that's, a, that's a great way to say it. That's yeah. a great way to say it. So uh, with that, Jeff, uh, we come to a close. I want to thank you and thank the audience for tuning in. Um, And I'd also like to remind you. So as always, we would like you to, if you can, we're very, very um, motivated to get. Great reviews. So if you can review us on whatever podcast platform you're listening, and that gives you the ability to leave comments about the show or the episode and certainly the the ratings, which Jeff, I think we'd love a five star rating, right? Oh yes. All right. yes, yes. Wonderful. wonderful, wonderful,
1: wonderful. But but using our emotional intelligence, if it's less than a five star, we'll explore that <laughs>
0: and see what
1: we can do to change.
0: Yeah, you're always on mark there. So once again, thanks for tuning in everyone, and we look forward to being with you the next time. Hi everyone, this is Eric Pennington with the Spirit of EQ. I'm not introducing a new episode today. I'm here to tell you some things that might help you. Jeff, you're with me as always. So, yes. How do people get in touch
1: with us? Well, the best way is just send us an email at info at spirit
0: of EQ.com. That's awesome. Jeff, I was also thinking about reviews and I'm notoriously bad at asking for them. So reviews on all of the platforms, wherever you get your podcasts, yes. you think that'd be good? I think that would be
1: great because one that will help us learn how to make better ones. And it's always good for us. So to we're, hear- we're not
0: the perfect podcast hosts.
1: Close. Okay. All but, right. But, but not, still, not totally we want perfect. your feedback. We want your feedback. But it'll, it also might uh, let us know a new subject. Hey, we need to dig
0: deeper into that. Yeah. So let us know what you think. Cool. We really appreciate that. As always, too, there is social media, LinkedIn, Facebook, and we also have a YouTube channel. Those also have mechanisms or, or options for you to be able to leave a comment a like of those kind of things just want to make sure that you know how to get in touch with us right jeff right we appreciate you all thank you once again we really appreciate you tuning in today one of the things that jeff and i want to bring to your attention as well is that when we created this podcast it was not intended to take the place of a clinician In other words, if you find yourself in a place where there's something deeper going on or something that you cannot solve on your own, we do recommend that you reach out to a clinician of some sort. This podcast is purely opinion-based and it is rooted in the desire to help you along your path in whatever way we can. However, it is never going to replace nor should it ever be looked at as a replacement for clinical help in any way.